Well, I'll just play it for you. It, it, it goes like this. <laughs> church house Sunday morning they still play on the radio you can hear his voice from Saginaw to Houston oh it echoes down the hall it's on the music road some say Jones some say Haggard some say straight, some say traps Sitting on the throne Now that's all well and good Don't get me wrong But the king of country music Is the song Again, this is Kevin O'Connor for the Spirit of Play Conversations on Creativity. My guest in this much overdue episode is singer and songwriter Will Duvall. Will and I sat down back in May, right before he moved from Nashville to Illinois, and shared a glass of Michter's bourbon, which is this episode's unofficial official sponsor. Will Duvall is a prolific writer in the truest sense. He loves crafting story and meaning into song. Two years ago, he was invited by the then active Senator Lamar Alexander to come to DC and perform the song that Will co-wrote called The King of Country Music, The Song, which also received a profile and artist feature in American Songwriter Magazine. Amid the winding path that our conversation took, we touched on the fundamental power of this song and why stripping away the noise to focus on the core of what you create and why is so important. This has much to do with leaning into your strengths and, in Will's words, just doing the work. I hope that you enjoy this fun, sincere conversation. If you have questions for me, if you want to throw suggestions out there uh, on how to improve, the show or suggestions on who to interview, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, my email is kevinjosephart at gmail.com. And you can also find me on Instagram at kevin underscore joseph. Thanks. Yeah, why not? Let's, uh, let's, get, a, let's get a bit of a test going. Mm -hmm. Your name is Yoshimi. Hold on, what's going on with this chair right now? It's like having a, a fully sound guy in the room, but you're kind of doing all the work yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you get what you pay for. You get what you pay for. <laughs> um, for people listening, thank you for joining the Spirit of Play Conversations on Creativity podcast. Huzzah. Huzzah. Um, Will Duvall in the flesh, in the room with us, us being me and the two dogs, <laughs> and the plants who always listen. Um, 
what I want to use this time for, what I want to hear from your gorgeous brain, mm. I want to hear about your process of approaching creativity and your process as a songwriter, your story of like, have you always played guitar? Mm. Was that your first instrument? Like, how did you find a voice in songwriting specifically? Mm. You've done a lot of things with music. You've done a lot of co-writes. You've done a lot of work with churches and music as ministry um, and a resource and a tool that way. But I think of you as a songwriter. Mm. And so wondering how you leverage music and being a singer songwriter because i don't think of you as a band guy either necessarily <laughs> you know mm. um so yeah i just want to give you as much room and time as you want i want to hear more of your story mm. and like what was that like growing up and as a kid and encountering music and playing music and mm -hmm. what was that like yeah so i'm gonna sit back and <coughs> drink my whiskey oh excellent excellent well um so I grew up in a, a musical home. Um, my mom was a wonderful pianist and um, played not so much by ear, but um, was, a, was a brilliant pianist. And um, some of my earliest memories were sitting under the piano uh, you know, when she was playing you know, some Beethoven piece or... Um, and it was either that or it was being in, in church and singing, you know, on, on Sundays and learning how to sing harmony, sing parts, um, just being in the, in the Baptist church in the pews. Um, <clears throat> so that's kind of, you know, some of my earliest memories of just music, um, was always in, in the home and, um, when kind of going through through grade school kind of already saw a little bit of a um, inclination towards instruments and um, always interested in making up things you know it, it was less less about what I had to learn on the page and more about what I could come up with, you know, what I could kind of mess around with or embellish, you know, whatever was on the page or something, you know. And um, so from early on, it was always about using the the instrument that I had, you know, and in a way to create something, you know, when my, when I got interested in, well, the first instrument that I kind of picked up was um, my dad's old guitar. You know, it was just laying in the house. And I remember just like spend, <laughs> spending like half an hour or like an hour. Like I had, you know, I was in, in grade school. I did not know how to play guitar at all. And just like coming up with little songs only with the open strings. You know, like, so just kind of plucking different things. I'm like, oh, that's a song, you know, and kind of making little chords just with the, you know, with the open strings. And um, so I, I always had a, a fascination with instruments as a way of create, as a way of writing something. And that has actually stayed 
pretty consistent. Um, you know, I got serious on my first instrument, which was the double bass um, in an orchestra in junior high. Moved to guitar, moved to uh, more percussion and drums um, in high school, and um, in college ended up studying guitar um, there. But again, it was always every instrument that I that I found, you know, or that I had was always just so I could write something with. It was more of a tool of getting something creative out with it, rather or a song out with it, rather than being a master of the instrument, if that, yeah. if that makes sense. Um, Did your dad play guitar too? He played, yeah, but no, he had guitars around. I think maybe he played some when he was younger, but um, not really consistently or anything. Like yeah. that. I think it's more just kind of had him around the house. Um, so... Anyway, yeah, that that's kind of my my history or, or story with with music. Um, my I remember writing my first song was for our my my church group, junior high church group. You know, was was the kind of the first song that I had written actually with lyrics and in music. You know, and uh, was something that we sang you know actually like brought it to the group and we sang it you know and it was kind of the first step in um you know what would be a a lifelong uh calling um Mm. of, of writing music for writing music for the church but um yeah that that i i can i'm not going to share what what any of the because i can't really remember what it is but um, and I'd be embarrassed of, <laughs> of what it was, but, um, yeah, that was kind of the first foray into, into songwriting was, uh, yeah. So did you learn the, you, you said the double bass, mm-hmm. upright bass, right? Mm-hmm. It's for the, the school like orchestra. Yeah. Was that like to fill a gap? Was that a necessary? Sari placement that you that you had you're like I'm they they need this I don't know how to do this I'll do this um or were you super interested in like giant that's actually that's that's interesting what I really wanted to play was the saxophone that like when I got to junior high I wanted to play I can still picture you playing a saxophone (laughs) like you could pick that up pretty easy right what I really wanted to play was the saxophone and um Obviously, that was a you know in band, uh, but um, I was in competitive speech and debate when I was Me in too. junior high, and so that was at the same time as band. Huh. So I was like, well, I'm not going to give up that, you know. So I ended up going to doing orchestra, um, and the guy was like. Your two best chances of getting a scholarship in college are playing the viola or the double bass. Huh. Yeah, you know, so I was like, okay, well, bass is cool. I'll do that. It is cool. Yeah, and so that's that's why I paid it, and that was really kind of my um, the first time I started playing a stringed instrument. Did you um, know how to read music because of your mom before this? Yeah, I, I did know how to read music, and I played. 
you know, like the recorder in grade school, you know, that's kind of the instrument that they had everyone learning. Um, so, you know, I got to read music and in different clefs and in grade school, but yeah, as well as piano lessons at home. Okay. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever play piano still? I do play piano still. Um, love the piano. Uh, it's the most incredible instrument. Um, once I, once I started playing guitar, I mean, it was all, you know, nineties rock and, you know, this band I was in in high school, but, um, yeah, the piano is uh, an incredible instrument. And so I I actually write a lot on piano right now because um, we have a nine-month-old at home. And the piano is, you know, it's a key, MIDI keyboard that can be quiet. And so but that's what I actually spend most of my time writing on right now at home. So... Um, still get to spend a bit of time on that. That's awesome. I grew up also playing classical piano. That okay. was what I did all through, like up, up up until I finished high school. But it was also the kind of thing where as soon as I started playing guitar when I was like 12, 13, like, mm-hmm. I was a lot less interested in how far this piano can get me and how much further <laughs> I can... <laughs> I can jam with this guitar. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you can either play something by Bach or you can play, you know, the Weezer Blue album front to back. Mine is a lot more cringy, what, but Weezer's gonna, great. What yeah. are you going to play? You know? Yeah. Uh, mine was a lot more. Um, how much. Yours was what? How much Creed and how much oh. Goo Goo Dolls can you play? <laughs> I mean, Goo Goo Dolls is that's acceptable. Yeah, man, I played Slide a lot. It's a great song. It's a great song. <laughs> I don't know that I'd call it great though. <laughs> I don't think I would call it great. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. Okay, so you're playing keyboard now. I assume like with headphones to keep things quiet, or just turning the volume way down and controlling that at home. Yeah, it's it's headphones. You know, sure. it's basically no no volume is is the way we have it set up right now is you know it, it's basically in our the room right next to the the nursery, so it, it has to be it has to be quiet. Um, so before he was born, you still did a lot of songwriting and co-writing mm-hmm. from home, though. Mm-hmm. Did you have a studio where you were recording and tracking things? Um, it was a very uh, humble home studio. Uh, yeah, and it, it's it's essentially a similar setup. Um, well, it was in the room that is now his nursery. Okay. <laughs> so whenever he came along, it was we tried it at first to like split up the split up the room it's like well he can have that half and maybe i can still kind of use this half for the nursery and that just didn't last very long at all um you gotta give it all up yeah yeah so then why do you think i'm in a garage will yeah <laughs> right yeah so um yeah so we did i tried to do some some demos there at the house so i could kind of record 
you know, electrics and acoustic and, and all that there. So um, you can you can get by with the a, a, some good uh, MIDI samples, you know, in a pinch. So did a lot of a lot of that. Okay, so fast forward, you were in high school trying to figure out what could get you into school for music because the guy pitched bass to you as an entry to get into music school somewhere. It sounds like, were you interested in going to school for music? Uh, that's a great question. No, uh, not really, uh, honestly. So he that was in junior high whenever my music teacher said that. Sounds like maybe he needed to fill a spot. <laughs> it sounds like maybe he needed another bass player. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, whenever I got to... So that was like sixth grade when I started playing bass. And by the time even just seventh grade, guitar was you know, what I was really focusing on. And, and that stayed pretty much through, through high school, um, guitars and, guitar and drums. And um, I was in a this jazz fusion band in high school where I played I played drums and helped write quite a bit of the songs and um, yeah so but I wasn't really thinking um, let me try to get into a like a performance school degree you know or something like that uh, it was really just more. I love playing music with my friends. I love playing music. You know, I'm all I'm doing is sitting at home, you know, for hours a day and playing guitar and writing songs. You know, so it's a, it's a sounds like it's a big jump from being somebody listening to '90s alt rock, grunge rock, whatever stuff to playing in a jazz fusion band, like. What we were your parents listening to stuff at home? What were your other friends into jazz, or where did that come from? Especially like switching instruments. You yeah. were playing guitar in a jazz band. Yeah, that's that's really good. Um, there wasn't a lot of that being played like at home. Um, it was more kind of we just kind of all stumbled into it a little bit, like. Um, we didn't have a, we didn't have a singer, you know. We didn't have anyone who could, who could sing, and at first we didn't even have a drummer. I was, I was, I was just like, I, I guess I can learn, you know. I'll learn how to play the drums for this band. Like, wait, you was, learned for the band, like yes, for the project. You yes. hadn't played drums before. Not really. Okay. Um, Did you have a set? I either had one or got one pretty soon after that and I basically started learning to play the drums off of um, I learned started learning to play the drums around like to these songs that we were writing and the songs that we were writing were you know all kinds of mixed meters and you know changing time signatures and tempo and and all of the just like a very uh i don't want to say it wasn't math rock you know but it was just a, a fusion of of all kinds of different styles that we we all just kind of loved and we were just trying to find ways of 
it really felt like just kind of stumbling forward. Um, it's like, oh, this is this is kind of cool, and you know, this is kind of interesting and a little bit weird, but you know, I I like how complicated or syncopated it is, or um, I like the the counterpoint between the guitar and the bass. You know, it, it felt like every instrument had a had its own had its own voice in that band. You know, which trios can be that way. It's a, it's it was a, a trio. Yeah, it's a, it's a trio. Um, so- drums bass and guitar okay um you know we wrote a lot of um a lot of melodies for guitar and bass that would have these like amazing counterpoints you know electric bass for the most part yeah um incredible i was by far the worst player in this band um you know (laughs) how old are you totally easy to admit that i mean i don't know high school okay yeah just high school were you listening to like math rock stuff with weird time signatures Uh, not really there were a couple bands that we were kind of inspired by um who were kind of local but um no like don caballero shit or anything like that no no it, it was there was This, this is where that band like talk about having a real mix of, of sounds like our, our guitar play, yeah like we're in high school and so I I still love like melody I love songs you know I like the big choruses of of you know U2 and like I said kind of these uh, like the, the Weezer Blue album is an incredible example. You yeah, know, the, so inspired by like the Beach Boys, where right? these amazing melodies and harmony, and um, and so I I loved all that and brought some of that. I, I tried to bring it to this like jazz fusion thing, where like our guitar player was super into, you know, the Stray Cats. So like this like really bluesy thing, but also really into kind of some really obscure jazz guys and um you know so we just had this like really eclectic mix of styles that we were all bringing into this this kind of thing that we were doing you know and um so yeah so I learned to play drums to those songs and most of them very few of the songs were in four like in four four like standard time and so whenever i started um some people started asking me to start play drums for other projects after seeing you after seeing me play in this like other band and i couldn't play in four four like i kept (laughs) i kept trying to add like an extra beat you know again because i just like learned to play drums to this weird thing that we were doing and playing just kind of normal steady grooves was like relearning the drums all over again so sure um that's amazing anyway no that's great i think about melody and um it's funny that you mentioned the beach boys because i wouldn't have put that in like when you when you put your lead foot out as jazz fusion Mm -hmm. slash a little math rock influence it's funny to think about like the beauty of melody being what you're trying to contribute to the group, mm. much less as someone who's not contributing melody as a drummer, right? Like, <laughs> but like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I mean, uh, that's uh, that's a great point. Um, 
I love it though. I love it. I've, but, I've always thought about how strong your melodies are. Like you have incredible melodies. You're a great songwriter. Your lyrics are, are story filled and they're beautiful and thoughtful, but I, I am just delighted by the, the melody and, and the construction there. That's certainly what comes easiest to me, you know, talking really? about like melody or, or lyric writing, the melody is what just comes most naturally. I could, I could, you could give me a line on a piece of paper and I could write probably 20 melodies to it in five minutes. You know, it just like, it's just like that comes really quickly. You know, um, well, this question might be predictable, but do you find that you put like, do you write <clears throat> words to fit a melody that you want? Or do you have a bunch of words and text and things that you've written? And then, like you said, you, you, you pick mm-hmm. melody after melody after melody. I mean, when you want people to sing along with what you're doing, melody is always the king. You come up with the melody first. You, um, you always fitting your lyric to a melody, you know, rather than the other way around. I, I feel like when, you know, it's just, that's, that's pop music. That's, um, anything that, that you want people to sing. And so much of what I do, you know, is trying to help people sing along, you know, with, with the words, you know, so really the melody is what you're, um, well, I was even listening, on, but yeah, I was even listening to, um, the king of country music mm. and country music isn't my thing. But I was getting so excited inside, waiting for like the hook before mm. the chorus, and mm. then the chorus, and you're just like there with it, and I was just like <laughs> driving down the road, and I was like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Because um, you 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 lead us there. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's really. Um, yeah, I, and it it's kind of like. Also, we should give context at some point to that song. Okay. I just mentioned the name of that song, "The King of Country Music," and I just realized at some point we need to we need to address that. Oh, but sure, sure. Keep going. Sure. Um, I don't know what I was gonna say. <laughs> what did you say? Uh, hold on. Let me have another. Let me have another one of these. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would like to thank our sponsor, like Michter's. Uh, we're <laughs> sipping on the 1753. No, that's when they were established. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Small Classic. batch, unblended American whiskey. Um, it's only 41 17, proof. 1753 is a great year. 1753 is a great year. Great year for, year. Great year for Michter's. I'm going to let you. Okay. In a lot of mediums, you can kind of get by with the lyric not necessarily being as uh, pivotal to the song. You know, for most like pop music, what you remember is those incredible hooks and the incredible melodies. I mean, that's just, that's what, you know, when they say a hook is like, 
that's what sticks with you. It gets stuck in your head and, you know, and it's the melody and it's less, it's less the, the, the line really, you know, it's more of like the way it sings and the way it sounds. Um, country music, on the other hand, it's so story driven, you know, where really the story is so much of, you know, so much of the song, but then you also have, it's also pop music so you have to still have these, you know, killer melodies that go along with it. Uh, otherwise, you have folk music, which, you know, are, are really story driven. But you know, the the melody is is great, you know, but it's it's not it's not pop music, you know, it's not really hooky, and um, it's it's more kind of built on these other. Um, Uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um. There were a couple of things I was thinking of when that, that came to mind when you mentioned that. And I, I remember listening and this goes to show you how terrible my memory is. I don't remember the name of it, but it's the song about baseball with mm-hmm. growing up, loving the, oh, the cheap seats. Cheap seats. That's it. Yeah. I'm never not going to ask you to play that song. <laughs> it moves me every time. Mm. Um, I laugh, I cry, it moved me, Bob. Um, <laughs> yeah. We'll forget that yeah, I said that. wonderful. I love it. But I remember how that song made me feel every time mm-hmm. I think about it. Yeah. I can't quote you the lyrics to it. I could probably really, really murder it by like trying to patch it together. Yeah. And I never want to tell anyone about it because... It's how can you do a song justice mm. describing a song by patching it together? Like, I don't, it doesn't work like that. Yeah. Songs don't, you, you have to experience the song. Mm. And so it makes sense that it's narrative driven. Yeah. And the other thought that I had related to that is that I had a conversation with someone not too long ago where they talked about, um, as a musician, they got frustrated that they couldn't be a photographer or a painter or someone whose art is expressed in a medium that you can see and experience um, all at once. You can take it in in a bite. Whereas a song, you experience the art in the mis- in the, in the mystery of time. Like mm. You experience music and songwriting in this capsule of minutes, Hmm. however long that song is like the way that you write the intro and the hook and the bridge and everything that comes in to making this thing complete. I'm experiencing this in time, real, real time along with you and how that is both it's Achilles heel and it's beauty that it lends to us Hmm. like dance thinking about like ballet or, or, or some other performance that you're experiencing. Um, photography isn't like that. Hmm. Painting isn't like that. Um, you're like, it is both a, a strength and a weakness and something that you are participating in as a listener, which hmm. participation as a listening party, it's like, that's a whole other, <clears throat> other thing. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a really interesting thought. Um, you know, I, what it what it makes me think of, and, I, and I'd be curious of what you 
maybe mis- maybe I'm misunderstanding some of the you know the question, but um, I don't even know if there was a question. Yeah, there. yeah well, you know, because when I think of when I think of art and visual, you know, seeing like something that you've that you've done, um, that to me is not an an all at once. Exp- like I can't experience that without a lot of time. Okay, that's fair too. You that's know, fair too. I can't like. Or, um, you know, it, it's a, like, a photograph, you know, something like that. Yeah. I mean, there, yeah. there's so many layers to it. It's so, it's so complex that yes, I can, I can see it like quickly, you know, or yes, I can have a song on in the background, Yeah, you know, yeah. but actually engaging with the work, you know, for me takes a lot of time. That makes sense, and I I think that's a matter of appreciating, mm-hmm. and a matter of education, and a matter of emotional presence, yeah. and being able to sit there in the present tense mm-hmm. with the work. I think that it's the same reason that I get really frustrated with people who speed walk through museums. Mm-hmm. Who are you racing? Who are you, like what? What's is there a, a blue ribbon you're gonna get when you get to the gift <laughs> shop? I don't know. Um, yeah. But there is something about music, yeah, I, I think, that is a little more accessible to kind of the the average person, maybe. Uh, like you, you, know? put, you put it on in the background at a party and you're fine, but are you actually paying attention? Yeah, well, right. Like if you're, I'm thinking like if you're going to, if you're going to the Bluebird, yeah, and you and you're listening example. to, you know, would be kind of like that is the, um, you know, MoMA of the music world. You know, like that's where you go and you see the best of the best, like in person. It's a great segue for me to say that the first time I saw Will play his own original work was at the Bluebird. So. <laughs> it's well, a pedestal. Okay. You just okay, wait. Okay, no, okay, all right. <laughs> One, one time they made a mistake and let me let me play there. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's where you go and you, ex- you experience it. And there's like a whole, there's like a whole thing. They will tell you to shut up. They'll tell you. They to will sh- come to your table yeah. and be like, you need They're to like leave. They're like making you like a, try and appreciate it, you know. Uh, you know, it's a, yeah, it's a very like quiet thing. But there's also like, there's also kind of something about it where like, there's never a bad song whenever you're playing at the at the bluebird and and so much of that is because of like the lights are down you've got you know a, a drink there you're on a date you know, you're seeing this like perform and it's just like everything is like oh that was that was such a great song you know that yeah. was such a great song whether like it was or not now because it's the bluebird it's always going to be great but um so I just think that it's a little more accessible. It's a little more like it's easier to draw people in. There's something about music and melody and lyric and story that just naturally draws people in in a way that like photography or you know an art when art when you don't have somebody who's kind of performing it for you, you know, and helping you get there, helping you see what you're supposed to be seeing. You know, I, I just it it is a little bit different. 
Like if it's, uh, if it's difficult, if you don't know how to digest it, you don't have to sit there for three and a half minutes. You can just move along. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, so, I mean, there, there are some, there are some things about music that I think is, it's easier for people to engage with, you know, um, it might take, it might take a little bit longer of time. So the guy who was in a math rock fusion band, (laughs) that's, that's That's like, that was, that was not easy to engage with. You had to definitely be a close friend to, I like to keep, to keep I like coming to those stuff. shows. Yeah, I like stuff that's like, is this jazz? Is this just frustrating to listen to? I don't, yeah. I'm still, I don't know. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> the one thing that kind of like saved that band was, like I said, our guitar player and our drummer, or our guitar player and our bass player. Were, the other two-thirds. Uh, <laughs> yeah, were incredible. And they just, we had lots of room for them to play amazing solos you know and um so man a lot of fun uh do do you know the band battles i don't okay if you ever feel like you have the energy and capacity to sit through some math rock again okay i love battles (laughs) they're one of my favorites (laughs) okay Um, i'll check it out it's it's uh, it, it's interesting, not just in the um, how many weird time signatures can we play through while you like, it, sometimes it feels a little bit like you're driving too fast over a bunch of speed bumps in a neighborhood, you yeah. know, like you're just changing time signatures all the time. But yeah. um, they do a lot of <laughs> like, as a, as a group, they do a lot of study on the effect of repetition. Mm-hmm and how repetition changes the form kind of like a Philip glass kind of thing, yeah. you know, except you're doing it just with a guy who has too many DL fours mm. and <laughs> just put him away. You don't mm-hmm. need that. You don't yeah, need that many loopers. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know what I loved about what I loved about, about that band um, was that there was never really, there was never really a time when I felt like I was afraid of writing the wrong thing. You know, that's incredible. Um, it was just totally free to write, you know, kind of wild thing, you know, wild. Like, this is just what's, this is just what's coming out. And, and I feel like we all had that kind of freedom, uh, which now, I mean, I wish I could have that same kind of feeling. I, and maybe that was just from not knowing enough about songwriting or, you know, what, whatever it was just at that time, everything was just new and it was... Uh, there was so little that was like inhibiting me or like, "Ah, I better check that. I better not, I better not do that. I better not try that. Or better, you know, like it was just totally free to, you know, this is, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm thinking. This is, this is coming out and like, we're going to play it. I love that. Is there any space right now in your life where you have capacity for that? Um, that sounds important. It sounds like that. That sounds parallel to when you were first discovering the guitar, playing just the open strings. Right. The point wasn't how well you played guitar. The point was finding melodies, and the 
the freedom of exploration right. as a creative concept. Like right. that's huge. That's why I paint yes. in large part is because I want to set down a, a freedom of mistakes. Mm-hmm. I was talking to somebody and I imagine this is similar in songwriting, but I was talking to a, f- a friend recently about how in, in painting, everything is transitional every painting I ever make will be after another painting and before something else. Mm-hmm. Nothing is the end all be all. Mm-hmm. It is all transitional. The point is to allow yourself the freedom of thought of it being transitional. This doesn't have to be the perfect thing yeah. so that you can have that creative space to feel like you have a voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds like when you were in this, high school band that was pretty like significant Mm -hmm. obviously you had a not just a safe space but you had this this capacity to approach any idea and it be an okay idea yeah yeah it may not flesh out but absolutely um and you know when i think about the things that keep me from keep me from creating or, you know, the things that I struggle with as, as far as continuing to create is a, like a fear of doing the wrong thing, you know, writing the wrong thing or saying the wrong thing, you know, the wrong lyric or, you know, there's kind of this, um, yeah, there, there's this, there's this, this fear that's, that's attached to it. Um, you know, or, you know, I think everyone has the, um, is this going to be any good? Are people going to like this? You know, I mean, there's that piece of it too. Sure. Um, you know, but there's also the, like, is this saying the wrong thing? You know, it, 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 that's, that's a struggle of mine just anyway is, is the, the, the fear of, of saying the wrong thing, which is funny because I say the wrong thing all the time, you know, <clears throat> you know, just ask, well, ask my wife, ask anyone who knows me, you know, I'm like always saying, you know, the wrong thing, but like, there's this fear of just wanting to always have it just right, you know, having it perfectly planned and having it perfectly just so, you know, and, um, you know, when you're, whether it's, telling a story, you know, or, you know, you want to, you want to tell something that's, that's true. Yeah. If whenever you're writing music for like, which I do, most of what I do is in, you know, like in a church context, you want to really be writing things that are true, you know, that because you're asking other people to, to sing in and join in as if they were, you know, as, they are believing these things. They are saying these things. So you just like, there's so much um, weight on, on the words there, you know, and, um, and I, I feel that weight, um, but almost in a way that at times can be stifling to, to just like creating and having the freedom of, 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 of expression, yeah. um, you know, and especially melodically because pop music is, is written around such a, you know, there are just like certain rules 
that you have to abide by, you know, that, that you can play by in, in pop music and making sure people can sing along. You know, that, that's the whole name of the game. It's like, is this something that people can, can sing and can take with them? You know, and there's like, there's kind of set rules of what you can do. And so there's like, uh, I don't think I, I don't think I can actually use that chord there. You know, I have to do, I have to do this, you know, or I have to do that, you know? And so there's kind of, you know, a little bit of like fear there, um, that can often, that can often inhibit just like sitting down. I mean, I just going to write something. Yeah. I'm just going to enjoy writing something, yeah. you know, I'm not, I don't need to edit myself every second, you know, and I, I tell other writers, you know, who are kind of starting out, I'm like, don't edit yourself from the beginning. Just sit down and write what you're feeling. You know, that, that initial spark, that initial idea, that's what's going to be, uh, you know, that really drew you to the idea that really stuck in your mind. That's probably going to be the thing that sticks in someone else's mind. So don't lose that. Don't like... Don't over edit. Don't over analyze too much in the beginning. You know, save that for later. Just get it out. You know, at the beginning. <clears throat> so that's something I have to keep keep reminding myself to do. But when I was in college and I studied creative writing in school, that was my that was my undergrad. I took some poetry classes, and I may have already mentioned this or not. I don't remember, but. Um, I found that the best way for me to write a lot and to write honestly was to use pieces of, pieces of paper that had already been soaked in Michter's whiskey. No, oh. <laughs> <laughs> that had already been used for something else that were either like the backs of receipts or notes from a different class. And I would write mm. in the back of those pages, or I would use things that were fundamentally not precious. That was the whole point was to say this isn't anything anyways it isn't precious it is something else already i just need to get this thought out and then later i would take all of those compile those thoughts somewhere else mm. and i would form those into into written works but how do you mm. trick yourself into this into this entry point past this entry barrier mm -hmm. i have i mean just like when I'm writing, I, I have this blank page anxiety when I'm painting where the whole point isn't to see the whole thing from the beginning. The whole point is to just start making marks on paper. That's right. And then you move on. That's right. Um, but like just with this, like with this podcast, I, I do it because I want to hear and connect and to see where the two of us can end up and that the conversation is worthwhile. Mm. There's value in people mm -hmm. who are trying to explore creativity, connecting. Um, if it was up to me, I probably would have called you this afternoon and canceled just because I just don't want to engage and be vulnerable <laughs> and connect and do these things that are hard. I almost did the same thing. Yeah. So I, but I, just it, because yeah. it was me, I assume. No, You're like, <laughs> no. I literally remember that, remember that whole don't want to see the him. wrong thing. And now it's like being, you know, recorded and yeah. So, yeah. But I'm constantly afraid of that. But also yeah. you would never say anything otherwise. Mm, that's right. Um, 
I would never, yeah, I would never have anything on paper if I was afraid that it had to be right. That's right. Every time. Um, before I started doing a lot of abstract painting, I did a lot of sketches where I was trying to render and draft like real things. What, what's difficult to draw? Hands. Let's sketch and render hands mm. for a while. How can I force myself to see life as it perfectly is? And then everything I draw is messed up. Everything mm. I draw is imperfect, but it's like the observation of life is the important thing. Mm. And now what's the subconscious emotional engagement with life and that's what i'm trying to like how do you render that mm -hmm. well imperfectly that's exactly how you render anything that's, that's yeah. how you render anything um which i think like that's the that's the gold nugget takeaway mm, for me that's great yeah hmm. how do you like so when you're starting out songwriting when you're starting out whether you're sitting at the keyboard with your headphones on or you're sitting somewhere with your guitar. Um, if you are setting aside time and saying, this is like, I'm, I'm going to clock in, mm. I'm going to work on the craft. I assume you have things to pull from ideas here and there. How do you transition in that thought process to this is the this is the space i can create in this is the like even if it's just you and the instrument which it sounds like the instrument is the 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 tool helping you and carrying you mm -hmm. to express how do you like tap into that and move into your creative flow mm. <clears throat> that's really good um Well, I'll say, first of all, it's easier if you have a consistent rhythm of doing it, you know? So if, if you are, um, if you are only waiting for inspiration to strike, you know, to sit down and write, the times when you do have an extra half an hour or an hour or something like, hey, I could sit down and write, will be much harder to engage in. Yeah. You know, and much harder to get going if you're constantly relying just on that, like, feeling of inspiration. If every day you sit down and you write, you know, an hour every day, every day, you know, you're going to, it's going to be easier to tap into, you know, and get, get motivated in, in, in seeing it less as this totally, in, totally you know inspired thing and more as like i'm sitting down and i'm doing work today yeah you know, i'm sitting down and i'm doing the work and there's so much less pressure i mean the the discipline is hard saying that i'm going to do this when i'm not inspired quote unquote is difficult but there's also so much less pressure because if you only sit down when you're inspired then you only like you're obligated to turn out perfect inspired work that's right that's right. But if you're just showing up every day for an hour, you're just doing your due diligence. That's right. And I mean, there's so much fruit that comes from just sitting down and doing the work. Um, and it's really unassuming. Like the productivity is really unassuming. It is. And you look back and you go, that's better. Oh, wow. That was really good. Yeah. You know, you know, especially if you come back to it 
a month later, you know, you're like, oh, that was that's a great verse. I don't know what that's to yet, but that was a great verse idea, you know. Um, Do you write every day? Uh, well, as I mentioned, the the nine month old. Um, nine I, months ago, did you write every nine day? Months, <laughs> nine months ago, I probably wrote every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so we're both dads. Yes. Recent dads. Recent dads. Yes. Uh, mine's about to be a year old. Yours is nine months old. I painted so much 13 months ago. (laughs) (laughs) Just so much, you know, two a day, you know, rights, you know, were not uncommon. And, you know, now it's like, you know, okay, we'll zoom for, you know, an hour, maybe or two. And, uh, okay, I gotta go, (laughs) you know, I gotta go baby's crying or, or something, you know? Um, so it, it's definitely much less time now. Um, but I do, I do appreciate the time more right now. Um, you know, that I get to do it. I really am the, the hours that I have, I really do look at it as like, this is an opportunity for me to sit down and it's like really do the work, yeah. you know? And, and it's exciting to do that. Um, so I'm really thankful for, for the hours that I do get to do it now. It's not every day, but, um, sure. I understand. Yeah. Um, and because I've just done it, done it enough, you know, um, it is easier to kind of get in that mode, but you know, I always start with something musical whenever I sit down and I have a guitar. Very rarely do I, um, just start writing lyrics very rarely do i do that but most of the time if i have time to write i'll um you know have a guitar i have a piano and i'll just start kind of playing around with something and get some musical ideas going and that kind of gets me um it doesn't feel like i'm looking at a blank page at that point you know because it's what comes naturally to me and i and i i tell i tell other writers like if if you're struggling with kind of that, how do I start? It's just play to your strengths. You know, if you naturally write lyric easier, just start writing something down. You know, just start anything that kind of comes to your mind. If you it's if you're more of a a chord or a melody person, just start playing something. And you know, the more you kind of just actually just do it, you know, something something will happen. Hello, doggy. Zula break. Hey, sweet puppy. Hi. Hi. Can you sit down? Thank you. I think about it sometimes as, uh, what can I do until I zone out and forget that I'm doing the thing that I'm trying to do? Like, what can I do mm-hmm. until I am inside of the medium I'm working with? Mm to the point that I, I'm forgetting about like the, the physical connection necessarily. Like, mm. I don't know. I, I paint also because it's a very physical engagement with the medium. Yeah. Like it helps me get out of my head mm-hmm. and also simultaneously be in my body. But whenever I play music too, which is just like a for myself thing, it, 
is like a noisy droney affair that just how can I lean into that to the point of being not worried about wrong or right notes anymore um are you familiar with uh with panda bear animal collective at all um weird yeah it's fine but noah lennox who goes by panda bear in the group animal collective and his solo stuff um which it's it's real uh like psych heavy there's some drone he does a lot of modular synth patching and um when he was working on one of his last albums he talked about how he uh he would just patch beats and listen to them for hours until he knew whether or not it like hit the register of like where this this song as a whole needed to be like did Mm. it did it all harmonize and so he would spend like he would work on melodies one day and then another day he would come back and patch in just like clicks and he would just like listen to those in the studio for for a few hours of just just clicks click 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 and he would patch in different ones and see like does the entire thing harmonize and do I stop focusing on the one thing and start focusing on the whole at a certain point. That's incredible. I don't have that in me, man, but like, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, I love that, 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 that makes me feel the, the things that I, you know, the experience that I had, I feel like when I first started, kind of writing music you know where it was just get lost in it uh and there are moments when still just kind of in the sitting you know sitting on the porch and you know have a a, you know acoustic and just three chord kind of a little thing you know i can just get i can get lost in that you know just a really simple little little folk thing um but you know The Nashville is a really interesting place to, to be creative. Um, By interesting, do you mean intimidating? Uh, not necessarily intimidating, <laughs> but it is. Um, it's music business city. Yeah. You know, it, you know, people call it music city, but it's music business city, and so you um, creativity is one of the main exports of this town you know and um so when you sit down and you write a song it's typically like well we've got four hours to write this and you know we we've only got the artist here for three or four hours so we need to we need to finish it and write it with you know with him here and um and then do lunch and then do it again like it's a switch you have to turn on it's just kind of like again it's more of like a it's it's more work it's more like clock in clock out you know with creativity you know you have to be able to like turn it on that fast and 
do it that fast. There's just like not a lot of space for getting lost. Um, hi. Hi, sweet puppy. Hi. You hi. can just say puppy. Okay. Hi, puppy. The sweet doesn't necessarily do it. The sweet doesn't apply. Oh, yeah. You got a little paw. Little paw. What's your dog's name again? Zuzu? Zula. Zula. We call her Zuzu all the time. Um, named after the phosphorescent song, Song for Zula. Song for Zula. Hi. Hi. It's beautiful just like she is. Beautiful just, it's just like, a little bit sweeter. It's just a little bit sweeter. Uh, she wants you to massage her paw. She's not oh. putting, she's not high-fiving you. Oh, she okay. wants you to massage her paw. Oh, okay, hi. Is that true? Hundred percent true. <laughs> Hi. No, she's a needy, needy child. Mm. Um, so we talked about the the fact that there's like an entry barrier into the creative process. Like you enter into it, but you have to get over this big speed bump of how do you switch gears mentally into into this in a situation like that i would feel a ton of anxiety and pressure yeah maybe you do too maybe you love it maybe you thrive on that how do you and maybe you're shaking your head no okay how do you get past that entry barrier speed bump into i'm all in i'm present with you like that feels like a mindfulness challenge but like on the clock you're exactly right and it's just you just have to i don't know any other way but it's just you have to you have to figure it out however it works for you you have to just be able to figure out how to just be relaxed you know and because you're right like the natural tendency especially when you're you have an opportunity to to write with a, a great artist, you know, who might want to put this, might want to sing this song. You know, the fear is that like, oh my gosh, I have to, I have to, you know, help write this song, you know, and it has to be right. And it has to, you know, and we have to get it down like right now, you know, and you kind of get in your head. Like the more you get out of your head and just be relaxed with it and, um, Try to have try to have fun with it, the, the better, you know. Um, now, having some ideas before you go in there is I certainly recommend. You know, I'll always have you know, and pretty much every writer in in Nashville has a little a book of of all their ideas. You know, whether it's on their phone now, I guess. Um, but like, do you bring kind a of a little book, book in, or do you bring your book? Phone? Yeah, yeah, I I put them all on my phone now, okay. you know, but, you know, you just get song ideas from everywhere, right? You know, you're anywhere you are, you're, you're always kind of working, you're always kind of thinking of songs and something will hit you and you're like, oh, I got to write that down. You know, yeah. so you write it down. Yeah. And so then, you know, you, you know, you have a write coming up and you just think of a few of your best ideas there and you start kind of fleshing out, okay, maybe you can kind of go this way or this way. And, and you just bring that in and 
it, it's just it's just helpful to have something prepared. Now, a lot of times I'll get in there having three or four songs, you know, like, hey, we could do this or this. And before I even get a chance to say anything, the artist or someone else is like, man, I got this great idea, you know, and we got to write this. And if the artist wants to write it, you just you write what they want to write. Um, that's kind of the that's kind of the rule. But um, you know, and so you just gotta. That's another that's another hurdle to get over. It's like, oh, I was thinking we were gonna do this, and now I gotta gotta get over get over that. All right, we'll save that for some other time. And now I'm gonna just let me try to wrap my brain around what what you're doing here. You know, what what, what this idea that you have. Okay, let me try to see if that if that works or not. And um, but it really just it all comes down to just it's it's trying to be trying to be relaxed with it um, and just say if if something great happens great if something doesn't great happen you know then that's okay May, you know there's another there's another another shot somewhere but um, you know it's um, a lot of pressure there's de- there's definitely a lot of pressure yeah you know I personally um, I enjoy probably more writing, um, not enjoy more. I would, I don't know that I would say that. I've found better results writing on my own, simply for the fact that like I can take the time sure. that I want. You know that yeah. like sometimes I'll just get so into so into a line, you know, that it just has to be. It has to be just right, you know, and I I want to spend the time to make it just right, you know. Um, I remember there was one tune that I wrote that had a whole bunch of lyrics, a whole bunch of verses that I pretty much wrote in a few hours, but there was one line or one or two lines that just would not sing right or would not make sense, you know, mm-hmm. and it took me literally another five days of working on these like it's like one or two lines you know um and i just i'm okay with that whenever it's just me by myself it's like i'm okay with taking that time and you know um you know i had i had friends who would just churn out songs you know like i'm writing like they were writing 10 songs a week 10 or 12 songs a week something like that and i'm like if I get two or three songs a week, I'm totally happy with that. Yeah. You know, I don't have like this, you know, quota or the, you know, this like crushing um, number that I'm like have to hit every week. I'm, I'm like, if I get two or three that I really am happy with, okay, cool. That was a great week. You know, uh, so some of that is just being knowing your own process of like what and being comfortable with how you operate. It takes uh, a while to know the, the pace that you create at, yeah. right? Like it would be really hard seeing the productivity of people who are churning 10, 12 songs a week and think that's the bar. Um, and maybe, the, I mean, maybe in a weird city like Nashville, that is the bar. Yeah. But that's, 
Nashville's not the world. Yeah. And when the export is creativity, like you said, that's, I mean, that's a really weird concept in and of itself. <laughs> we could take a lot of time to digest that. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, it mainly would, because it would that's, crush your soul. that would, yeah, that sounds real, <laughs> real dark. Um, yeah, I think I learning the, said that, but yeah, I yeah. think you should yeah. say that. I think that's appropriate. Um, I think understanding the pace that you create at is extremely important. Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people, I mean, I think about social media's comparison culture and in Nashville, when you're around other songwriters and Mm -hmm. things like the expectation, but this, this does go back to the King of country music that we referenced earlier, like the king of country music is the the song. song. Yeah. And it's not going to be hurried. It's not going to be rushed. Mm. It's the song that matters. Yeah. You know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and there's, there's being in a, in a place like Nashville where it is so unique because it's such a songwriter town. I've never, of all the places I've lived, I've never been in a place that, you know, there were this many people who were kind of wired like I'm wired. You know, just they all hear songs, you know, and, you know, writing songs. And in, in a lot of ways, there's a, there's a healthy competition i guess you know it, it's it maybe not competition but just like encouragement it's like man they hey they're they're not sitting they're not sitting around you know like so i'm not gonna do that either you know i want to i want to make sure that i'm i'm writing and i'm you know um and there's just kind of like a a healthy like encouragement you know just of, of the peers around you um but like you said, it does take it does take that time to to be comfortable in your own skin, you know, when in a in a city full of the greatest songwriters in the world. Sure. You have to be comfortable in your own skin, you know, and say like this is how I this is how I do things. Here's the kinds of thing, songs that I write. If you're if you're trying to write you know, for most people will have a even within country music or within Christian music, they'll have a style that they write that you typically you don't really figure out until you're, you know, doing it every day. You're like, this is just what, this is what gets me going. And, and that's so much, uh, you know, of songwriting, you know, is whenever you actually, are writing things that matter to you. You know, if it doesn't matter, if the song doesn't matter to you, there's there's very little chance it's going to matter to someone else. Yeah. You know, like, like if you just like don't care, what, you know, whatever. I mean, it's just, so whenever you find that you're, you're writing songs that actually speak to you and that you enjoy you enjoy playing you enjoy 
you know, the process of writing, those are the ones typically that are going to connect and relate and communicate to, to a wider audience. Um, it seems like, it seems that way anyway. Um, so, and you know, and it takes time to figure out what that, what that is that speaks to you. You know, it, it, you know, for example, the, the country thing, you know, people love the, the old school Alan Jackson story song. You know, and some people are still still writing that. And there's new artists who are kind of picking up that mantle and carrying it along. Or, you know, there's kind of the newer um, super pop country, you know, that people have really resonated with. And um, if, if you find yourself trying to do everything, you know, you, you end up kind of being mediocre at all of them. But if you find, like, what really speaks to you and that's, like, what... You're just like, okay, this is my thing. Well, I think you really hit a nail on the head when you mentioned that, like, if it doesn't speak to you, if it doesn't mean anything to you, it will never mean anything to anybody. It has to mean something to you. Mm -hmm. How can you enter a songwriting, co-writing room with an artist and other songwriters and be able to enter into that? Hmm if you're not also regularly entering into the songwriting craft by yourself and nurturing the craft within you, mm-hmm. how, how are you supposed to engage and flip that switch and dive in deep immediately yeah. <laughs> with these people? If yeah. you're not also by yourself nurturing that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's really difficult. Um, and you know, so the beauty about songs and, you know, so many kind of like pop song, you know, is the universal ideas, you know, the universal themes at least, you know, so if someone has an idea of like a new way of talking about, um, something, it's, well, it's, even if it's new way of talking about a, a breakup, you're still talking about a breakup. You know, if, if it's a new story, you know, that's a universal theme that everyone can, like, tap into and that you can tap into, you know. So if it's not, <laughs> maybe if it's not my own personal story, you know, but that that's kind of the trick of being able to, like, tap into that, like, okay, this isn't my story, but I, I have experienced this before, and how do I write to this kind of universal idea, you know? This is a really cheap shot, but um, both referencing the Weezer Blue album and their discography that we touched on really early Mm -hmm. on, I read some tweet or meme or something this week that was like, if you can't relate to the Weezer's discography, and first of all, they called it the Weezer's (laughs) discography... (laughs) Then you've never obviously been through a a, a nasty breakup before. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. The Weezers. I really yeah. just drug us through the mud just then. You did. A bit. You did. Uh, I, I regret it and I'll cut this out. <laughs> Slash, this will be the sample I post online for what the whole podcast okay, will be perfect. like. <laughs> 
Oh, that's incredible. Uh, I mean, I just have so much res- just admiration, you know, for for you and your work. And I, I mean, I feel a little bit. At times, I feel like a little bit fraudulent, even coming on thing, things kidding? like this, you Are know, you because I don't, you know, I, I don't feel that like, create, you know, I don't feel like that creative, you know. But didn't you have like a number one on n- something? No, 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 no. I mean, you know, what, television or something. Well, whatever, you know. I, I mean, when I think of people who are creative, I think of like you. And your your wife, you just like paint, songwrite, write, you know, I, I cook, I, you know, everything. It's just like everything is a creative expression. And I like, you know, now granted, enough people have told me like, you know, shut up. And that, you know, I'm in that crowd. Yeah, to just say like, I mean, okay, I get it. You know, I have one thing that I can that I can kind of do. (laughs) I have one thing that I can you know can kind of do, but like, um, you know, I just, man, I I just so admire you know the work that you do, and um, so. That's anyway, really kind. I don't know if me. the mic's going to pick it up, but Zula's snoring because she's so <laughs> bored by your self-depreciating humor. The self-deprecating has to stop. Yeah, no. The dog's snoring. <clears throat> but, um, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> Man. <laughs> the dog. I wanted to have you on. I have a okay. Let me let me just find. I'm flipping through my journal. There's my sketch, literally of. Yes. Yeah. Look at that. I love that. It's terrible. I was trying to sketch having a microphone set up. Okay, so I made a list when I first had the concept of this podcast before I had recorded anything. Yeah. I just made a list of people I wanted to have conversations with who I viewed not just as creative and in a in a creative medium and and capacity much different than my own who were genuine and willing to be vulnerable about the creative process and the experience of being a human being hmm. like sharing this human experience with us in real time what is someone who has given so much of their life to this this creative um value right Mm -hmm. the 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 value of creative expression um and right here in the middle of the page is your name um there's maybe 30 names written down and yours is right here in the middle of of people before I had recorded an episode of this, when I had first brainstormed, is this even a good idea? I don't want to do this. I'm terrified of putting my voice out there because I feel like I'm going to say stupid stuff all the time. (laughs) Um, I appreciate your, your songwriting, which is why you came to mind, but I appreciate your, your honesty, your vulnerability, your approachability. I look up to you in a capacity 
and in a in a in a format in a in a medium that I don't know how to touch. Mm. Someone who's who has committed years of their life to trying what you what you were saying early on the podcast, trying to be true, mm-hmm. trying to say something true, yeah. but also trying to find ways of self-expression, of, mm. of, of, of saying things that are inside of you that are true. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Will, friend, thank you. Oh, well, brother, this has been, this has been so fun and sweet. And I, I just have to say, I mean, just the same goes, you know, when I kind of what I, what I was talking about earlier, you know, and just when I see the work that you do, um, and just knowing like never in my life could I ever do that, you know, like I, something, I mean, so deep, so layered, so, um, just striking, arresting. I mean, I'm just, I absolutely love it, uh, you know, and um, I just so appreciate what you do and your, what I feel like is your ability to just, this is what I do, you know, and I love that. I love that. Like, it's just such a, a, uh, a comfort in your own ability, in your own skin of just like, this is what I do. This is what I'm good at. And I love doing this. And even if it's just for me, which it's not, because, I mean, you were already telling me earlier how several of your pieces have just been accepted to, you know, a gallery. I just, like, so admire that. You you just say, well, this is what I do. And this is what I love to do. This is what comes naturally, you know, for me. Or this is what inspires me. And, um... And I, I don't know that that's what is admirable to me, and um, and so what I've gotten to just enjoy as I've seen your work in different in different spaces. So um, this has been sweet for me to come on and and talk and uh, you know, get to hear from you too. So. Some say Joe, some say Hag, some say Straight, some say Travis. Sitting on the throne. Now that's all well and good. Don't get me wrong. But the king of country. Oh, the king of country.